So Holy Spirit, pray that you would use these next few minutes, the words I speak, the thoughts we're going to speak to help us understand what your victory over death means for us in our lives, even starting this week. We pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Well, happy Easter. Good to see all of you here. And I'm sorry for those of you who are standing in the back that we don't have enough seats, but great to have you here. Thank you for being here. A couple of months ago, I saw a sign that I thought was, had kind of a catchy little promise. It was outside of a local gym, and it said, got a big keister? Lose it by Easter. <laughs> well, well, that's kind of a hopeful little promise. And also some good theology. I'm a pastor, so everything is theological, right? Because Easter, what Easter does is Easter tells us a lot about who Jesus is and what he does. And one of the things is that he is the God who transforms us, who changes us. Easter shows us that Jesus is the God who loves us so much that he came in human form to launch a rescue mission to this planet and to us, to undo the damage the devil has done and to make all things new. Now, that won't be complete until he returns to finish the job, but the first example that Jesus, of Jesus' rescue mission and his making new of all things, the first example was his resurrection, the first but not the last. And that process continues today and in our lives. Jesus makes bored people adventurous, timid people bold, angry people calm, and irritating people fun to be with, <laughs> or at least tolerable. And Easter points to two ways that I just want to highlight today about how Jesus changes us, two ways. The first is this, Jesus makes us fearless, and then second, Jesus makes us dangerous, which may not have been what you expected to hear, but I'll get to that in a minute. First, Jesus makes us fearless. The story we read today says that after the women see Jesus alive, they hurried away, afraid yet filled with joy, to tell the disciples. Afraid yet filled with joy. And joy is clearly winning and fear is on the retreat. Because the first thing they do is tell the disciples that Jesus has been raised from the dead, a very brave thing to do. And then the disciples tell everyone they can, an action that could and eventually did get them, get them killed. You know, just a, just, a, just a few hours earlier, they were huddled behind locked doors because their leader had been crucified and they were afraid that they were going to be next. But seeing Jesus alive again gave them all of this courage. You know why? Because they realized that even if they died, just like Jesus, they were going to be raised to new life. They didn't have anything to fear. Fearless. What a great feeling. On Christmas Day this year, I was driving to my parents' house in eastern Washington with my family, and we were almost there, and I looked in the rearview mirror, and I saw behind me the state patrol car, right? And you know that feeling you get in the pit of your stomach, you know, fear as you start to make up excuses, right? So he pulled me over, and, and he said, do you know how fast you were going? I hate that question. <laughs> now, just give me the ticket, okay? Let's just get on with it, right? And then he said, what's the hurry? And I thought, oh, I don't know. It's eastern Washington. Isn't the point to get through it? I grew up there, I can say that, right? But then he made a mistake. He looked in the back seat of the car and saw my three cute children being very well behaved, as my kids always are. It's a pastor thing, you wouldn't understand it. And then he made his error. He said, hey kids, where are you going? At which point my seven-year-old, in her cutest voice, said, we're going to grandma's to open presents and see our cousins. And then she smiled. <laughs> Game over. Right, like I wanted to reach back and high-five her because I knew there was no way that he was going to ticket a seven-year-old girl as she went over the river and through the woods to Grandma's house. <laughs> and sure enough, I did not get that ticket. My fears were gone. I was fearless. And that's what Jesus' resurrection can make us. 
Now, just as an aside, I know that in this room right now, some of you do not believe that Jesus was actually raised from the dead. I get that. I used to be an atheist. So in the bulletin, I've included some of the reasons that led me to believe that Jesus' resurrection is a historical fact. And I'd encourage you to read those along with some of the books that I listed there, especially The Case for Christ, written by an atheist journalist whose wife became a Christian and it irritated him so much he set out to disprove it, but convinced himself that it was real. And if you want, you can also pick up a free CD at the welcome desk, Why I Am Not a Christian, that kind of deals with some of the the objections to Christianity. You know, you have heard plenty of reasons why you shouldn't believe that Jesus was raised from the dead. In order to have intellectual integrity, you need to check out some of the reasons to believe that he was. Things like Jesus' disciples all were put to death for claiming that they saw Jesus raised from the dead. Folks will die for a lot of things, not something they know that they made up. If it's made up, why were women the first witnesses of the resurrection in a culture where women were considered pathological liars? If you were making this up, you wouldn't have women there. Some guy would have been there and all kinds of other reasons to believe it really happened. And that's significant, because if Jesus was raised from the dead, you got to say at least this much. That's unique. It doesn't usually happen. Folks don't usually come back from the dead. I met a man a while back who, he used to work at at SeaTac as a cargo handler, back when you could ship just about anything on a plane. And he said one time some friends of his were unloading the section where the pets are put while their owners are on the plane, and and they found that one of the dogs was dead. So they panicked, and they told the man whose dog it was that his dog had been, you know, in Phoenix or something like that, you know, got lost or something like that, and he should come back tomorrow. Well, meanwhile, they went to the pound and found a dog that looked similar. <laughs> this is a true story, no lie, right? To pass it off, right? So the next day, the, the man came, and they gave him his dog, and he goes, that's not my dog. And they said, yeah, it is. It's, you know, he just, he just looks it, it, jet lag. He just looks different, right? And the guy said, I know that that is not my dog. And they said, well, how can you be sure? And he said, because my dog was dead. I was shipping him to be buried. (laughs) Things don't just normally come back from dead, right? But Jesus did. And he's the only one who did. He conquered our worst enemy. There is no greater enemy than death. And he conquered it. Which means if we know him, we don't have to fear it because we will be raised to new life in a new body that never ages, never knows suffering, never knows death again. Not disembodied souls floating on clouds, playing harps in the eternal church service in the sky. That's Bugs Bunny cart. No, 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 no. A new body. You in a new eternal body. You 2.0, right? A serious upgrade for you. (laughs) And if we don't have to even fear death, then what else do we have to fear? Shame and guilt over stuff we've done. Anyone here, you don't have to raise your hand, but do something you're not proud of ever, right? Taken care of. Jesus on the cross paid in full the price deep inside we know needs to be paid. Because deep inside we know that the things we do to hurt others and they the way they hurt us, if God were just to say, oh, you know, never mind, let's just call it even, that wouldn't be just. A price needs to be paid, and so it was. It's just that Jesus pays the price so that we don't have to. And then he gives us the power to live new lives. We do not have to be weighed down by our past. Even the problems we face, health problems, relationship problems, financial problems, they may be hard. Knowing Jesus does not guarantee a problem, pain-free life, but Jesus can take some of the sting and some of the fear out of them. Because Easter shows us that Jesus is the God who can take terrible things like a crucifixion and bring life out of it. 
I remember when I was at Stanford, an atheist guy who studied all the world religions, he said to me one time, you Christians have the best response to suffering there is because the cross shows that God can take something bad and bring something good out of it. That is the hope that we have. I received an email a while back from a woman who goes to this church. And in it, she wrote, Two years ago, I left my marriage of 20 years to an abusive alcoholic man. She said, By the time I left, the years of carrying that load alone, trying to keep up the uh, the facade of a viable family had taken their toll on me. It hadn't been for the fact that my son needed at least one healthy parent and knowing that my husband could not be that, I wouldn't be here today. My son saved my life. At the time, there was nothing I wanted more to do than just to be alone, crawl into bed, and hold on to my misery. But God had other plans. It took me a while to figure it out, but I finally did. Finding the right church was key. But from the moment I came to my first Easter sunrise service, then divorce recovery workshop, the singles program, and recently the prayer ministry, two beautiful things have been added to my life, hope and true friends. Sometimes I feel like an infant, which ain't all that bad for a near 50-year-old. But I'm learning how to laugh again, how to be open and honest, how to support others, and hardest of all, I am learning to trust again. A lot of death in that story. Death of a marriage, death of dreams, death of joy, but Jesus brought new life out of it. You see, sometimes in life, we go through death experiences, but Jesus, it may take time, it may be hard, but Jesus always gives us a resurrection story, and because of that, we can be fearless. Which brings me to the second way that Jesus changes us. And that is because we can be fearless, because of Easter, Jesus also makes us dangerous. Dangerous to the devil's plans, dangerous to the evil that is in this world. You see, Jesus did not come to start a new religion. Jesus hates religion. Jesus hates religion. Jesus came so that we could have a relationship with the living God and join in his rescue mission to undo the damage the devil has done. He came to make us dangerous and fueled by the power that brought Jesus back again from the dead, his disciples launched a revolution. And suddenly they started caring for the poor and the oppressed in ways no one had, setting captives free, reconciling races that had hated each other for centuries. They told people that because Jesus had paid the price for their sins, they were completely reconciled to God. And all of that made them dangerous, dangerous to the status quo, dangerous to the powers that be, and dangerous to the devil's plans to wreck this world. I was in Cambodia last month, and one of the people I met there was a man who used to work as a DJ in a club. But the club was actually a front, a, a front for a prostitution ring, and young girls would be kidnapped and then from there sold into the sex trade. And what he saw just disgusted him. Well, one day, an operative from a Christian organization approached him and asked if this DJ would be an informant on the bad guys. DJ said, sure. And then the agent handed him a Bible and said, you know what, this is dangerous work, so if ever you get scared, just read this, and it'll give you courage. So the DJ said, I started to read the Bible during the slow music hour. You know, Celine Dion, the Bee Gees, that sort of thing. He said, I like the Bible way better than that, right? And as he read, he began to see the character of Jesus, a God who loved him enough to die for him, a God who cares that we suffer, a God of justice, a God who has the power to bring Jesus back from the dead, and a God who doesn't just stay up there in heaven, away, safe from all the stuff down here, like all the other gods and all the other religions, but no, a God who comes down here to rescue the world. And that was a different God than he had ever heard of. And so he asked Jesus to be his leader and his follower. He said it gave him crazy amounts of courage. But then he got frustrated that all he could do was tell on the bad guys, so he quit his job, went to law school, and now he's a lawyer and puts the bad guys in jail. 
Jesus made him fearless. Jesus made him dangerous. And Jesus gave him an adventure. I recently saw an interview with Josh Hamilton, who plays baseball for the Texas Rangers, and he was going into detail about how he overcame his drug and alcohol addiction. And he got into drugs, he said, because it was the only thing that gave him the, the same kind of adrenaline rush as making a great play on the field. But as many of you know, it, it ended up with him being suspended from baseball for, for, for a time. Well, during this suspension, he was, he was staying with his grandmother, and one night he had a dream of a, of a man in a dark suit who was fighting him and just kept knocking him down over and over, just knocking him down. And the man had this smirk on his face. And Hamilton said, I knew he was the devil. And then finally in his dream, he couldn't get up anymore. And that's when he woke up. And he said, I was more scared than I've ever been in my life. So he said he, he, he went into his grandmother's bedroom in the middle of the night, woke her up. And this is a direct quote. He said, Grandma, I had a bad dream. Can I sleep in here? <laughs> Literally, this is a 25-year-old baseball player, right? So she said yes, but she also got in his face about his addiction as she'd been doing all along. You know, so not a soft grandma, dangerous grandma. And she kept telling him about Jesus. Well, the next night he said he finally surrendered. He finally said, Jesus, I have made a mess of things. I give up. You take over. And then he picked up a Bible, started flipping through it, and his eyes fell on James 4, 7, which says, humble yourself before God and resist the devil and he will run from you. So he said, that's what I started to do. Well, six months later, he had the same dream again, fighting the devil, not getting anywhere. But this time in his dream, he looked over to the side and he saw that Jesus was standing right beside him with a smile on his face. And together, they started chasing the devil and the devil ran away. And he said, I woke up feeling more peace than I ever have in my whole life. Now, as you know, he's clean and sober, MVP in the American League last year, frequently publicly tells his story about how Jesus saved him from addiction and he is an inspiration to his teammates. You know, baseball is, is rarely moving. It, it can be irritating, frustrating, disappointing, discouraging. But that's enough about the Mariners. <laughs> right? But last fall, when the Rangers won the American League pennant, you know, the normal way that they celebrate is they pour beer over everyone. But in respect for Hamilton, who can't be near alcohol anymore, his teammates gave him a ginger ale shower. <laughs> right? They were going to use water, but they said it didn't have enough fizz, so they used ginger ale. Right? I find that moving that he inspired that kind of respect from his teammates. Jesus made him fearless and dangerous to the devil's plans. And if Jesus can do that for him, and if Jesus can do that for a DJ in Cambodia, and if Jesus can do that for a woman in this church going through a divorce, well, then what can he do for you? What's weighing you down? Financial, health, relationship problems, guilt, shame, remorse. Jesus can make you fearless. And where are you bored and wanting more out of life? Je Here's the good news. Jesus did not come to make us nice. And Jesus did not come to make us religious. Jesus came to make us dangerous, adventurous, bold, brave, and free. So if you know him, will you ask him to make you those things? And trust that whatever seems dead in your life right now, that some way, somehow, someday, Jesus is going to give you a resurrection story. And if you don't know Jesus, will you at least investigate him? And if we can help you we, in this church, we would love to talk with you. A pastor I know named John Ortberg tells a story of taking a hot air balloon ride with his wife and, a, and another couple. And he said it was a beautiful day, but he was just scared to death, right? Palm sweating, heart racing. So he decided to talk to the pilot for reassurance. So he said, well, how did you get started flying? And John said he was hoping he'd say something like, well, I was an astronaut and missed flying, right? But instead, the guy said, well, it's like this dude. John said, I knew we were in trouble, right? 
And it turns out he didn't have a job. The pilot didn't have a job, but he said he took up hot air balloons after a car crash to take his mind off of things. And then he went on and he said, no, by the way, if it's a little bumpy on the way down, it's because I've never flown this kind of balloon before. At which point the other couple in the balloon just turned white with fear. And the wife looked at John and said, you're a pastor, do something religious. Right? So John said, I took up an offering. Here's the thing, if you are riding through life with anyone other than Jesus as your pilot, it is a scary thing. But if Jesus is your pilot, Jesus who made the universe, Jesus who is God in the flesh, Jesus who conquered death, then you can be fearless. What do we have to fear? Finances, economy, Jesus is stronger than those things. What do we have to lose from the things we feel shame over? Jesus thinks we're great, who cares what someone else thinks? Because he lives, we can be dangerous and set out on an adventure with him to undo the damage the devil has done and repair this world. Knowing that because he lives, there's no failure that can't be made a victory, no sorrow that can't become joy, no letdown that isn't a setup for a comeback, no enemy that really isn't our friend in disguise, and no adversity that can't be turned into an opportunity, and not even death can stop us because the grave can't hold us if we know Jesus, and no weapon formed against us can remain. Because he is stronger than our pain, stronger than our boredom, stronger than our problems, Stronger than our sin, he is risen in history. He is risen in fact. He can be risen in your life. He is risen indeed. And because of that, we are the fearless ones who are dangerous to the devil's plans. Somebody say amen. amen. Jesus, thank you so much that you make us those kinds of people. We ask by the power of your spirit, make us bold, make us brave, make us dangerous. And we will give you all our thanks and all our praise. We pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen.